Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the game. It is hour number two, final hour of the week. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G, and Travion Berkland. And of course, it is the game after work. Uh, we're going to be joined in a couple of minutes by the voice of the buffs, Mark Johnson. Uh, I got to share a story with you guys though, real quick. Um, so this weekend, tomorrow, going with Lindsay and her kids, going to the lake, and uh, a bunch of Lindsay's friends are coming with their kids and stuff. It was just a big outing for a night, you know, a day and a night going out on a boat and stuff, and staying overnight. Uh, you think I'm going to tell all these millions of people okay, where I'm going to right. vacate yeah. for a second? Yeah. Council Grove Lake, baby. It is, as a matter of fact, Council Grove. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It is. Tuttle Creek. Tuttle Creek. But uh, oh my! So one of the husbands was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, and so now like they're all in this group chat. I'm not in it, but they're like trying to convince him. You got to come. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then they're now they're using me as a pawn. Yeah. In this thing. The, Mitch Fortner will be there. But it's like, he? it wasn't like, Mitch is like, wants to talk cats. Uh, with uh, you. He needs somebody oh. to talk. I was like, well, you know, I, I think I have plenty of people to talk cats with. <laughs> but, I, you know, one more is great. That's fine. You know, I, I'm sure it's going to be a big topic on the boat for sure. Mm-hmm. Everybody's big K-State fans. And then that didn't work. <laughs> and then they, they're like, well, Mitch might be able to get Chris Kleiman to come. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Dude. First of all, I don't think he's going to fall for that. Second, uh, no, I do not have that kind of pull. This is going to be a big disappointment. I was kind of hoping you could get Kleiman for my birthday. Ladies and and I thought that it would just be easy. Well, when's your Mitch Fortner's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Dude, I was well. I was hoping for climate and Tang. If you can make that work, that's in January. Have them pop over to the crib. Client or uh, Tang right now. He's he's four coaches deep recruiting somewhere. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Man. Maliki would be cool too. Climate's got a bunch of visitors. <laughs> that's right. Okay, uh, I'll take I'll take Riley. I'll take Coach Riley. I'll take um, Maliki. Um, throw in a player, maybe throw in uh, Cam Cam Carter, and I'll be happy. You can okay. you can go you can go assistant coaches, but throw in a a player to be named later, and I'm in. That that's cool. 
I feel like you have that kind of stroke, though. You could get them to do I, that. I'm just going to tell them, well, Kleiman bought this 12-pack of Coronas <laughs> yeah. or something. He says he, he sends his regards. Yeah, he sends his regards. But he threw in 20 bucks for beer. I'll buy the beers. <laughs> I'll buy the – tell him, dude. That's your, that's your boy. That's awesome. Uh, still uh, waiting to get in touch with uh, Voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mike Johnson. He's probably but, taking all kinds of interviews today. Well, I was saying, I was like, I mean, Troy and I were both like, you know, we're, we're texting and we're emailing everybody we know. It's like, let's let's get these Colorado people in here. I, I, I want to tell everybody listening, today Mitch and Troy were working the phones, working those contacts. They were all day today. Great job, by the way, getting these people to talk to us. Because uh, I just thought our name alone, the game, was kind of one of those national brands that people would just be like, oh, yeah, we have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to talk to them. I thought they would just call us. <laughs> by the way, I just stepped outside. Heat index is now 111. Yeah, it's the yeah. real deal. I was yeah. like, in the shade, it's not the worst. I stepped out into the sun. The sun, dude. And at the very least, I wanted to shake my fist out. <laughs> I was like, this is, I, I feel for those that are like working outside on right uh, over at, here at Eisenhower Middle School. So yes. There's guys working on the roofs. I'm like, you guys are yeah. are, are troopers. They You're are. Patriots. They're patriots. Real men there. If you're outside today, please, plenty of water. Try to stay in the shade as much as possible. All right, let's bring in our next guest. It, we are pleased to be joined by a legend. He is the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes in Mark Johnson. Mark, I was just telling the listeners that it's currently 111 with our heat index. Please tell me you got much better weather right now in the Boulder area. Well, you got to remember, I, I don't live in Boulder. I live up on the mountains. It's about 75 degrees where I'm oh. living. Oh, up, okay. Up at 9,000 feet. I think down in the city today was probably probably 90s or something like that. But uh, listen, I hunt a lot in the state of Kansas. I know what it can be like uh, out there. And uh, yeah, it doesn't get like that here in Colorado, I'll tell you that. What do you hunt in Kansas? Uh, I come on bird hunt out there all the time. I, I get uh, north central Kansas up around the uh, sure. Osborne Smith Center area. Mm-hmm. I get up there and hunt a uh, number of times every fall and winter. God's country. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Well, uh, if I did my math right, is this going to be your twentieth season with Colorado? Yeah, that's right. Twenty years. I got here with two thousand four is my first season, and uh, you know, fellas, I get in here in two thousand four. I got left Syracuse and came here. And remember, in 2001, Gary Barnett and Buff nearly played for a national championship, 0-4-0-5, my first two years, won the Big 12 North, and you're thinking, well, this thing just kind of rolls along. Gary gets fired, and I don't count the 2020 uh, truncated uh, COVID year. I've called one winning season since then. That was 2016. So oh. it has been. You want to talk about wandering uh, in the desert for 40 years, man. It's, <laughs> it's just about been that here in Colorado. Hey, listen, between you and I with doing UNC, I, I mean, we, we can share our war stories there, bud. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Good to hear from you, Mark. Good to hear from you. So you, you think this is then great timing, get out of the Pac-12 and get a fresh start in the Big 12 once again? Yeah, I, I think so, and, and uh, you know, not not so much for that it's automatically going to turn the program around, but w- when you look at at what was going on, really the last number of years, really the entire time that Colorado has been in the Pac-12, it's easy in hindsight to look back and say the Buffs never should have made the move, and, and I don't think that's fair to do that. Under the circumstances, what Mike Bone was looking at at that time, it appeared to be a good move. Colorado's real alumni footprint is in the West Coast. It's not in the Midwest, and so that made sense. So there were some academic things that made sense. Uh, what the the promises that were made about the Pac-12 network at that time made sense. Now, obviously, many many of those promises did not come true, and they've been dragging their feet. And now we've seen this this media rights, uh, you know, 
whatever you want to call this, this this long negotiation, long uh, searching for a dance partner, whatever you want to call it, has not gone very well and does not appear to be any time going to bring any fruition, any big money deals. And so I think it's important for Colorado to start looking elsewhere and figuring out exactly where you fall within college athletics. And, and uh, the Big 12 looked like a very good move. And, you know, for Colorado, even though it's not the same Big 12 we left, you know, we're coming home in essence. Where was your tr- trust in Commissioner George Klyovkov prior to Pac-12 Media Day? Well, you got to remember now, uh, the, the bar was set pretty low with Larry Scott. Let's be honest about it. Uh, what he did as the commissioner of the Pac-12 is criminal. Uh, how poorly he managed it. Uh, you guys aren't in the, you know, the, the, the Pac-12 and, and kind of in the influence of it. Some of the stories, we used to call them you know, limousine Larry. I mean, Larry loved living the high life, uh, loved promoting his uh, buddies, Loved, uh, you know, kind of living high on the hog and, and never really produced much. And, and so it was such a low bar when George Klyovkov came in. You know, you thought, okay, well, you know, it can't be any worse, for goodness sakes. And, but then again, you know, that's like being a valedictorian at a summer school, right? I mean, you know, the bar was set so low that anything by comparison was going to look very good. So uh, there was confidence there. And I, I just wonder if, if the, 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 you know, the dragging of the feet had gone on so long, you kind of left yourself without a dance partner. And, and even being creative, I'm not sure they were ever going to put together much of a, a media rights package. And so, you know, once that, that can kept being kicked down the, the road, at some point you've got to say, man, we, we got to go, we got to go someplace because this is, there's nobody left, uh, you know, to dance with out there from media rights deal. And, and so, where was it here as of late? Uh, not great the longer this went on. Yeah, Were you surprised how quick it ended up happening? Felt like it was all done, just formalities had to take place in the last 24 hours. Well, I, you, you know, I'm starting to get the sense. And, and, and guys, I just got back today. I was, I was uh, out of town. I've been out of town. I've been up in the mountains uh, doing a 100-mile horseback ride, so I had no cell signal for, for much of that. So, all of a sudden, when I get little blips of cell signal being up there at high elevation, every once in a while my phone would explode. <laughs> and so I was kind of getting bits and pieces of information. And, and but the longer so since I've been back in, in kind of civilization, if you will, uh, I'm starting to get the sense that maybe there were some conversations going on for a long time. This was not a we didn't like what the commissioner said, and 72 hours later we're making a move. This was we're maybe getting our ducks in a row and making sure we got a landing spot should things not go well. Oops, they haven't gone well. We've got a landing spot. Have you been able to get Deion Sanders out in the mountains yet? <laughs> no. Uh, I tell you what, he and I did a, a TV thing a while ago, and, and uh, he, he decided to start talking about on the interview we were doing that he wants to go out and, and do some horseback riding and team roping with me. Um, so far, it's just been talk. We'll see if we can get him out there at some point in time. And if he does, I guarantee that's going to be a media spe- spectacle when he does. Well, what's it been like so far just shooting the breeze with Coach Prime? Well... You don't shoot the breeze with Coach Prime, all right? Um, what we did, we hired a celebrity. We hired a brand. Yeah. And and with that, you know, I'm accustomed, and most guys in my position are walking down the hallway and sticking my head and saying, hey, you know, Gary Barnett, John Embry, Mike McIntyre, Tad Boyle, we've we, we got to do this, and when can we get together? When you were dealing with, with Coach Prime, there are handlers and assistants and agents, and, you know, you, you don't just walk down the hallway, stick your head and go, hey, we need this. Uh, it's it's a process to go through, and so um, you know there's not a lot a lot of shoot the breeze when you do get together with them. It's a very business like we got to get this done. Now he's always extremely pleasant, and we've had some great conversations. Uh, but once again, there's always cameras, there's always microphones, there's always people saying when we get done with the interview, hey coach, we got to go here. 
And so you might get 90 seconds, and then he's off, uh, you know, doing a Chevy commercial or <laughs> whatever else he's doing. So, so you know, uh, that that's kind of the existence. And, and so it's a very unique experience and one that I'm kind of adapting to as time goes on. Voice of the Buffs, Mark Johnson is our guest. And you said earlier, I mean, a lot of calendars have been flipped and not a lot of winning seasons lately for Colorado. Now you said the celebrity coach Prime comes in. A lot of hype, right? I mean, the fans are bought in. I mean, they've bought all the season tickets. Single-game tickets are, you know, there's still some to be sold, of course. But, of course, there's been a lot of recruiting as well, a lot of uh, overturn with the with the roster. So how optimistic right now do you feel about Colorado in 2023? Well, that's hard to say. Uh, I was on, on ESPN here a while back, and the guy asked me the same question. I said, well, I, I'm not sure how to handicap this. You've got a new coach. You've got an entirely new staff, essentially. You've got a brand-new system on both sides of the ball. You've got 10 or 11 holdover scholarship players and 71 or 72 or whatever the number is uh, now at this point of brand-new players. Well, well, I'm not sure how to base anything on that. I'm glad I'm not handicapping it. You know, I'm not a, not a wise guy in Las Vegas trying to put a handicap on this because I, I don't know what, what you're looking at, right? We can all speculate. There's a lot of optimism right now. We all appreciate that. You know, but, you know, fans will contact me, and they're, they're saying, hey, MJ, we're going to be winning 10, 11 games. Well, that, that's, that's an enormous number, right? But as I always like to say, fans see with their hearts and not with their eyes. And, and then Vegas, uh, they're trying to make money, as they, they do all the time, and they're, they're sending a number out there, and they're saying that the over-under for Colorado is three and a half. Well, that, that's quite a spectrum out there. And so I'm not sure exactly what to think. I'm optimistic. I'm excited about it, like everybody else. Um, I've always said I'm in the interesting business, and there's no team more interesting than the Colorado Buffaloes right now. And so... I'm really jacked up about the season. Can't wait to get to it. Can't wait till you know September 2nd. We'll be down to Fort Worth, Texas, to take on the team that was a national runner-up a year ago in, in TCU and Nebraska the next week, and Colorado State, and Oregon, and USC. And I mean, it's a phenomenal schedule. So there's a lot of interesting things that are about to happen for Colorado, and I'm just glad I got a pretty good seat to uh, watch and report on it all. Mark, were you surprised though, uh, right after the spring game, to have the roster revamp take place the way it did? Well. You, you go back to the video about uh, I'm bringing my own luggage and it's Louie, right? You guys remember <laughs> yeah. that, that yeah. video that, that Prime had very early? Um, I wasn't sure if he would turn it over the way that he did. But, you know, just last year, what Lincoln Riley did at USC, he had like 48 or 49 new players. Uh, what Sonny Dykes did it down at TCU, he had roughly the same. So we've seen programs doing that 45 to 50 range. We, You know, here at Colorado, Prime took it to a whole new level, now doing over 70. But I knew it was going to be extreme. But I, I got to admit, I didn't, I didn't see you know seventy some players coming. But I knew it was going to be a major overhaul, and it should be when you're one and eleven. And and guys, I, I've said this only half tongue in cheek. We were one and eleven last year, and it was a bad one and eleven. I mean, yeah. if that if that makes sense. But the one game that we did win against Cal never should have won that ball game. And every single major statistical category on either side of the ball, offense and defense, the Buffs were in the bottom four or five of the country. So it was a bad one on eleven. Well, when that kind of thing happens, there's going to be a lot of changeover. And you know, when uh, Coach Brian came in, he certainly took advantage of uh, the rules the way they exist and how you navigate that. And he did make major changes. Got a couple more for you here, um, Mark. Before we let you go, um, you know, jumping back to the Pac-12 in the future. I mean, everybody's trying to make their pred- predictions on who will be that next team to join the Big Twelve, but. You know, it seems like Colorado is kind of punctured a jugular right now for the Pac-12, and they're trying to stop the bleeding. Do you think, you know, in a few years we're going to be talking about Pac-12 football being in existence? 
That, that's a great question. And, and, you know, I don't know at this point in time, but you can't tell me that if you're in Eugene, Oregon right now, you're in Tucson, Arizona, or in Seattle, Washington, that you're not taking a long, hard look at, you know, what's happening right now and, and trying to figure out if there's some place, you know, it, it's like you're working for a company that's about to go bankrupt and you can see the, uh, you know, the, the ledge coming. You're thinking, okay, how do I get out of here and find myself a new position? You can't tell me that they're not doing a lot of exploratory uh, work right now. And I'm sure they, these are smart people. I'm sure they have been for a long, long time. Um, I can't believe that, you know, Colorado was the first one to jump in the old, you know, uh, to the Pac-12 when, when they left the Big 12. Uh, Nebraska followed behind them. Uh, Missouri followed as well. Uh, so, you know, the Buffs have done it again here in the Pac-12. They, they're the first uh, pin the fall, if you will. And I, I can't imagine these other schools, uh, like the ones I just named, Arizona State probably is in that group. Utah is probably in that group. I'm not sure where Washington State and Oregon State go. I mean, I, I just don't see any suitors out there for them. And so I don't know if those two programs end up in the Mountain West or, or a conference like that. But uh, the ones I just mentioned, I think, are, are right now certainly shopping around and trying to figure out if there's a landing spot for them. Mark, you're with uh, Colorado during their last tenure in the Big 12. Is there, uh, is there a town in the Big 12, a stadium, or a, an old rivalry that you miss out of the Big 12? Well, the obvious one's Nebraska. Unless, unless uh, Yorkman, the commissioner for the Big 12, can make an make a unbelievable move and get Nebraska to come back. You know, the, the others, there's great history. But then again, guys, as I said earlier, this isn't the Big 7, 8, 12 mm. that it was back in the day, right? I mean, Oklahoma is, is gone. Texas is gone. Uh, Nebraska's gone. Missouri's gone. So, yes, you've got Ames, Iowa, and you've got you've got the two Kansas schools, and you've got, I guess, Baylor for the Big 12 days and Texas Tech, but it's just a different feel now. It's, it's not the same thing. I and mean, when you're talking about, you know, that, that Big 12 matchup, man, we can't wait till the Buffaloes play Central Florida. You know, I, I'm sure it'll be great, you know, at some point. Or, you know, I can't wait to, to get out and take on West Virginia or Cincinnati. I mean, those will grow over the course of time, but there's no history there to rely upon. And so it's been kind of funny since I kind of got back to civilization here and, you know, looking at messages from fans and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going back. Well, going back to what? We're going back to, you know, I guess geographically some, you know, territory we're familiar with. But, but overall, it's not the same thing. And, and so it's just a different feel. And, you know, I don't know. I, it, listen, it, we all know this. I mean, when you're, when you're talking in the Big 12, it'll be cool to do a basketball game at Allen Fieldhouse. We all know that. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's a, a venue you want to go to. But, but outside of that, I mean, it just doesn't quite have the same feel. So, I don't know if I'll wax too uh, poetically and nostalgically about uh, the Big 12 and its current you know, form, considering where we came from, but uh, it's certainly... I'll tell you this much. Here, here's what I'm real excited about, and that is not getting home from road trips at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, anymore, there you go. Right? <laughs> I get to gain an hour coming back this direction instead of losing an hour. And so, so <laughs> Gary and I were talking about that, texting back and forth this morning. I go, hey, here's the positive side. We're going to get home earlier from now on, right? Earlier games, uh, gain an hour of the way home, and so I guess that that's you know, personally and, and selfishly a, a big deal and, and, and something I'll enjoy. Well, in fact, I remember all too well Zim talking about uh, trying to catch a flight from Waco to Cincinnati back in the days. And so <laughs> yes. speaking exactly right. speaking of which, uh, Mark, I know you ran into Zim recently or saw him recently. How's he doing? Well, Larry Zimmer, who was the longtime voice of the bus before I came on board, then Zim and I worked together for 12 years, uh, you know, is well into his 80s now. And, and he's had some... Uh, you know, some issues that he's had physically and he's been dealing with. But he's doing well, but it was uh, kind of a joy to spend some time with him here recently and, and catch up a little bit. We do stay in contact on a regular basis. and Certainly we pray for him all the time and, and wish him the best because he certainly is a, a legend.
legendary figure, a guy that was in the booth for 40-some years uh, here at the University of Colorado. And in a lot of college programs have got those kind of guys. I'll, I'll tell a little story. When I, when I took this job, when I left Syracuse to come here, and I was going to replace Larry as a play-by-play guy, many announcers around the country called me and said, do not take that job. You don't want to follow Zim. Zim uh, yeah. with open arms, invited me in. We worked together for 12 years, and now... Uh, I'm the guy that's been here 20 years, and so eventually when I call it quits uh, way down the road, somebody will tell somebody else, hey, don't replace that guy, he's been there too long. And so uh, it's, it's been kind of fun. you got to figure for, for CU fans, they've only heard two voices now for, what, about 60 years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's been kind of an exclusive club, and I'm just honored to follow Zim. Absolutely. Well, Mark, to wrap up, um, this may be shocking to hear, but I've lived in Kansas all my life. I'm 32 years old, and I've never been to Colorado. What are you doing, man? I know. Come on, you got to get out here. I know. I, I plan to do so very soon. When You know the mountains. Where do I need to go? Well, it all depends if you want to make a long trip or a short trip. I'll <laughs> tell you this. If you just want to make just a quick day trip, you're visiting Denver or Boulder and you want to get up there, you, know, you come up to a little town. I live just outside a little town called Evergreen. And it's like a postcard. You'll drive in. You'll drop into a beautiful mountain lake up there. And there's a uh, you know, wooden sidewalks downtown. It's an old cowboy town. It's a great spot to come up. To. That's a great day trip. And if you want to really kind of get into it, get on up to Steamboat or down to Telluride or places like that. Those are spectacularly beautiful. So depends on what you're looking at. Quick day trip, come up to Evergreen. Want to get longer than that, go up to Steamboat or maybe down to Telluride. And I got I got to compliment your voice. Do you do, like, any voice over work or anything? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, I do quite a bit of that. Um, you know, I, I'll say thank you, but, you know, I woke up one day and there it was. I had nothing to do with it. You know? <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, hey, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations with uh, Colorado making the uh, transition to the Big 12, and hopefully we'll be meeting you in person down the road. I look forward to it, guys. You all take care. That's the voice of the Buffaloes, Mark Johnson, here on The Game. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we got to bring up Brett Yormark. Interesting uh, quote coming out from the national media. Is he applying pressure on the other Pac-12 schools to make a move quickly? We'll, f- we'll talk about it next. Game. We are back. Yes. I should have just had that as two words. We're back. <laughs> we back. We back. You know, it's funny. Mark said something about um, the the conversation, Colorado and the Big 12, how it didn't happen um, in 72 hours. The Athletic, about 12 hours ago, C.J. Moore uh, wrote a story about how uh, the impact of Colorado basketball on the Big 12 basketball scene. And he had a little uh, nugget in there. Uh, coach, an un, uh, 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 anonymous coach, Big 12 coach, um, was uh, asked, and he said, your mark met with all the Big 12 basketball coaches this summer, earlier this summer, and said, Colorado's going to drop. Colorado will be the first to come. Maybe we'll get the other schools, Arizona, Arizona State, but I know for a fact Colorado's coming. We got into that conversation a little yesterday and that I had a – lower-level athletic administrator mentioning that in the conversations uh, that he had had. In terms of the National Athletic Directors Association convention, his comment was that that's where all the decisions were made. Sure, and that's where you got to think, 
and he's of the mind that that was settled, that, that the next shoe to drop was settled actually there as well. Ah, it's funny because you think, where did the shoe, where, where did that conversation, did that conversation with San Diego State happen with Pac-12 people? And that's where they were like, okay, let's go ahead and do this thing. And just, they went too quickly with this or, um, were they not talking to someone really like piped in, like, you know, really clued in on what was actually happening, a, a real shot caller. This, this is where I kind of mock Canzano and Wilner and some of the clowns that have tried to, well, Stuart Mandel comes to mind as well at The Athletic right now, yeah. given the front that they have tried to put forth in regards to the Pac-12. The honest-to-God truth is they don't understand that what they're being told is what they want, what the people that they're talking to want out there. That's nothing to do with what's really going on behind the scenes. Right, right. Nobody is going to speak up and tell any of those guys, as much as you want it, they are not going to, on the record tell you what is truly going on behind the scenes. If an athletic administrator does that, goes on the record and tells you that, or even under the condition of anonymity, they're they're putting themselves in a bad position negotiating. Everybody wants to do this behind the scenes, and they don't want the media playing the factor in it because there are too many moving parts. Right. And it just sounds like the people doing the negotiating for the Pac-12 at that level aren't any good at it. You well, know, yeah. the Big 12 just has the guys. We got dudes. And there's that office, the office episode early in season. I think it's season one. The basketball uh, episode? First of all, that's my favorite <laughs> episode of all time. Uh, but I, the other one, the thing I was thinking is when Michael says he has a special gift for the, the crew – and all day he's just on the phone making these wild, like, he asked the guy, he's like, is there, can I take everybody that works here to Atlantic City for free? Everything's free. Everything's comped. And we just have a good time. And the guy's like, I've a travel agent. He's like, I've never heard of that before. That reminds me of what's going on in the Pac-12. And he keeps telling everybody like, oh, we're going to do, we got something coming down the pipe. Don't worry about it, guys. But at the end of the day, it's just going to be him staring off into space. Like, I, I don't. I really don't think that he is in talks with anybody. Uh, that's a great analogy. And going back to the basketball thing, when I think Colorado, like basketball has not popped in my mind one time other until Troy brought up Tad Boyle. Yeah. That yeah. was the first time I even thought about basketball. I know what Brett Yarmark, Brett Yarmark has big goals for Big 12 basketball. It's the best basketball conference there is in college basketball. But Colorado, to me, was not a part of that equation. The, the part of that equation is – UConn, Arizona, Gonzaga, that has a, a basketball brand. Yeah, and Colorado never has had a basketball brand. I mean, part of the reason I brought it up was that you're talking about a basketball program uh, that struggled to find footing in the Big 8, struggled to find footing in the Big 12. Tad's actually going to be the winningest coach all time at CU coming up very soon. You know, I I, and, I love I love talking about how their basketball, like what what it, the impact's going to be. Unfortunately for us, with a program on the rise, I just think Colorado is going to be one of those teams that, that yeah. beats us when we don't need them to beat us. You know, which, like, which is which is exactly the position. Unfortunately, that they have been in 
uh, and have done that against Arizona a couple of times that comes to mind. UCLA, yes, exactly. Uh, Consistency there has been lacking. You're absolutely right. And... uh, but that's college athletics as for well. Sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, you may remember this, but remember the COVID basketball year? Uh-huh. The season actually started in Manhattan with like, I don't, I can't remember, like Little Apple Classic or something. Yes. I can't remember what yes. it was called. Yes. But Colorado was one of their te- yes. one of those teams. I, I, empty I, arena. And I got, I'm double masked PA announcing for an empty arena. I will we say lost. this. I'll say this now that it's like in the past. That was one of the worst basketball team, like basketball games. And, and a K-State performance I've ever seen in my life. That was horrible. I thought, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> this, this team, oh my God. After that, watching, I, I, I was stunned at how bad we were. And Colorado wasn't any good. And they, they beat us. I want to get to this because uh, Heather Dennis from ESPN, I believe, was the first to put this quote out. I mean, the story really breaks down like this. Big 12, interest in adding one more school after Oklahoma and Texas leaves to get to 14 for 2024 here's a quote uh 14 seems to be our best number now that we're at 13 who's going to be the first to make a move to start having a conversation with us was the general discussion today we talked about a lot of different schools but it's more about hey we've got room for one more and who wants to be the first to really want to be a part of the big 12 now and join us I was not the first person to bring up this idea, but is this Brett Yormark, Troy, putting pressure on the rest of the Pac-12 that seem like viable additions to the Big 12, put pressure on them to not waste too much time in making a decision? Make it very soon. Don't waste time. Absolutely, because the longer that it goes, the closer you get to the start of this school year, the tougher it becomes to set the table for that move to take place next year. Mm-hmm. Colorado making the move now is already a tight frame. It's why OU Texas are you know two years out. Now they've got that opportunity, but still... In the grand scheme of things, it was a two-year waiting period when it was done. UCLA, USC, it's a two-year waiting period for them to make that move to the Big Ten. Yes, it's a lame duck status situation. Colorado making the move immediately at the end of this school year makes it a very tight time frame. And anybody that comes after that makes it that much more impactful as the conference has a lot of things that they've got to try to determine and get in place when that occurs. Traveling comes to mind. Uh, you know, we, we've seen what the scheduling looks like now, but it, it's going to you know, go through some, some changes and some different permutations next year when you shift who those teams are now. And it, it, it does become a matter of time, absolutely. And I think this could definitely be a message to like the Oregons and the yep. Washingtons. Yep. Let's talk and let's talk serious. The number 16 has also come up, and I think that's a very strong possibility. But I think you, you'll you definitely make the move if it is Oregon and Washington. If they're like, let's do this. Let's make the jump. Your mark is 16 all the way. If they're not interested, I don't think you really – you entertain maybe the idea – but I don't think 16 is as strong anymore. You definitely make the move if it's Oregon or Washington. 
it's probably not that necessary to make 16. If, if you don't have a, I, and I don't know if that's necessarily what Brett Yormark is thinking, but we already know with putting out the number 14 that, you know, they, they want Pac-12 first, and if that doesn't happen, you're looking at group of five. And you're looking at UConn, you're looking at Memphis, UNLV, and, and San Diego State are the four that were brought up yesterday in a report. It, yeah, it makes sense. You, you, 14, you don't have to worry about the scheduling nightmare at 13. You want it to be Pac-12. But if Oregon and Washington want to make this happen, then it's 16. It's yeah. absolutely 16. I think <clears throat> this is the pressure not on other Pac-12 schools, but one, Arizona. This guy has – they have been in the crosshairs for for a, at least a year. And this is this guy has been out talking about we need to see the, the TV deal. We want to see that first and weigh our options. And Brett, your mark is saying in a nice way – it's not coming. There's no TV deal, and whatever TV deal it is, you're gonna reject. You would reject it if you were in a different position. But you're in this. Really, to be honest, this is this is a lifeline that we're handing out and saying, "Call us. Call me. You call me." It should be. The, you know what I mean? Like we're in the position of power, and we're still saying, "You call me, and we'll talk. Get it done." When they get it done, and they're at 14, I feel bad. For Oregon and Washington, because they were going to get an invite to the Big Ten. I think that is clear, crystal clear now. And that opportunity has dried up and is not coming. They're not going to, they're not getting an invite. Meanwhile, you have some in the media that are very quick to say, okay, yeah, this is all fine and well for the Big 12. This is all well and good. You're still going to be sitting in third place. Yeah. They want to point out the SEC and the and the Big Ten's contracts being so much different. Yes, they're going to be that much different. We understand that. We've all kind of resigned ourselves to that fact. Guess what happens, though, as time wears on? It may not play out that way. Yeah. Because ESPN is in a position now where they're talking a spinoff, possibly. They're talking going subscription and all you know, streaming rather than being a linear network in some areas. They're talking about a number of different things, but ESPN is having to cut because Disney was having to cut. ESPN is costing them money. That deal that they signed with the SEC isn't looking so good right now from a financial health standpoint. Then you factor in the Big Ten with its deals. Okay, Fox. CBS, NBC are all on board. What happens when one of those decides that they don't want to be a part of that package again down the line when it comes up again? What happened? I mean, there are so many unknowns that are still looming in this day and age where the media delivery system is shifting and it continues to shift and we don't know where it's going to be in five 10, in the ACC's case, 13 years. Mm. 13 years. That's rough. And you you thought you were signing a good deal. Yeah. You thought you were signing a good deal. And now three years later, you're going, wait a minute, what happened here? Mm -hmm. Because they got hit by a truck Mm -hmm. is what has happened there. But there are so many questions. It is it, it to try and say that the SEC is going to get everything that ESPN has promised it, 
that that's a heck of a promise. It is. That's a heck of a promise given what the marketplace and, is. And who do they have left to lay off? <laughs> you know, oh. Scott Van Pelt? That, that's the last guy. He's the only guy. They're going to have him on Monday Night Football and SportsCenter. He's going to have to pull double duty. I don't know if they have any more people that they can, like, get any revenue streams from. This is it's this is so interesting. This whole thing really is interesting. And it's more interesting when your conference is at the one that people are like, oh, yes. boy. Yeah, when you're not being cannibalized. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, this when, is fun Well, to talk you about. went from being cannibalized as in your, 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 your heartbeat is getting slower and slower as we discuss Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12. Who's next? When does KU leave for the Big 10? When is Oklahoma State going somewhere else? Uh-huh. You know, but uh-huh. it never happened. And then you went from the – in a couple of years, you went from the conference that was – just about dead, to now we're calling the shots. Yeah. We have gone from being the dish alongside the side of Keontae and Fava Beans <laughs> to being one in power. By the way, you mentioned like Oregon and Washington not getting that invite to the Big Ten. I mean, that's really – I mean, that's Big Ten's fault. And, and it wound but, up being Kevin Warren's downfall. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just like you just said. You hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't know what the future looks like. Not only just five years down the line, but a year down the line. Right in a, a year, it went from those guys are going. They're just waiting for the call to that drying up. The presidents of the Big Ten, they're not answering the phones. Yep. They're not answering t- text messages. They've ghosted you, and now you're sitting there at Oregon, Washington, and you're like. Should we make a call to the Big 12? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, it, should. it will probably never be this easy again. No. To jump from one major conference to another. Yeah, they, they need to it, do it. Uh, and I'm going to be blunt about this, and I've said it before, but I'm going to be blunt about this again. If the NCAA had been smart back in the mid-80s and managed itself in a much better way, None of this is going on. If the NCAA still had the power that it exercised from the 50s into the mid-80s before the Supreme Court made the ruling on the TV deal and before the death penalty to SMU, if the NCAA had that power back, this isn't happening. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. All this talk, and not once have we mentioned the NCAA. You know, like they're no. they're a non-factor. Yeah. They no. don't even. I mean, what do they do? Anymore? Well, here, here's the here's part of the problem. Guess who runs the NCAA? The schools. Yeah. Who's in charge of the of that? Well, that means it's the presidents. Right. And we've seen how that has turned into a complete juggling situation. Now you factor in three hundred and fifty some odd members across how many different divisions. It is unwieldy. It is uh, uh, it, it's it is a management nightmare. And then you turn around and you get say two members that sue you because they don't like what the action that you took. Well, you become averse to doing anything because you don't want to wind up in court over and over and over again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You step back and you allow things to filter a different way. And you wind up in this mess. I'm not going to lie. I hope nothing happens this weekend. I need two days. I mean, right? let me chill for yeah. two days. We'll get back to this on Monday. You need to do some fishing. You know, <laughs> I need to take a dip. I, dip. I need into the pool or, or a lake. Absolutely. You know, I need to sweat it off for sure. for a couple of days. This was the last 72 hours. I mean, yeah. it has been nuts. It's really. 
Give us a weekend off for sure, and we'll tackle this in again on Monday. Yeah, Monday, like, Monday at eight a.m. Well, make here, the announcement. Here's your reminder because I drove by it this morning. Thirty-six days. Oh man. The bill. Oh man. Thirty-six. Days. I'm just saying, if I had it my way, you know, you, you know, make announcements on Monday. You know, Monday. Yeah. 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 Let 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 the Big Twelve, let whoever else, let them work out their deals. We'll we'll, we'll get it out to the people on Monday. I mean, we've got <laughs> you know, business days. We, we've got we've got. Uh, just over one more hour till the Pacific time zone hits five o'clock. So you're saying there's a chance. So I'm saying just keep your fingers crossed, <laughs> take a deep breath, and hold off I on just, cracking that beer. I'm just going to officially say right now, uh, Troy Coverdale's on call this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Not this guy. No. I'm going out of town. <laughs> oh, Troy, line one. Brandon Peoples, line two. Get in here, buddy. Let's take a break. When we come back, wrap up the show. Number one song of the day after these words.